morning, everybody. Okay, let's just come quietly, shall we, before I bring this morning's message. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Let's just have a bit of quiet as we come before God. God's going to speak to us all this morning, whether it's our first time or we've been here lots of times. Father, we thank you that you are here. We've just sung about how wonderful you are, how amazing you are, and you are here to speak to each one of us. I just pray that you might open our ears and open our hearts to hear your voice this morning as you come to share with us. Amen. For those who haven't been with us in the last few weeks, we've been doing a series on biblical heroes, and uh, each speaker has been allowed to choose their own. Um, I'm not very good when I get to choose my own. Um, I prefer to be told what to do. Um, so that was a bit sort of, ugh, what do I, who do I choose? You know, it? So I spent some time, and do you know, I have to say, initially, when Elijah talked about this was going to be our series um, on biblical heroes, I struggled with that bit because I think sometimes we have a bit of a warped idea of what a hero is. Maybe it's because of all the TV and film that we watch. Um, it's a bit hero-saturated, I think, TV and film. There's a lot on um, particularly things like the Marvel comic heroes, definitely watched in our household. Um, and, you know, that have superpowers who can do things beyond, beyond. And there are even heroes in children's books like Harry Potter, Roald Dahl's Matilda. Heroes are all the way through our culture and our thinking and our watching. And I wondered about that. Is it the superpower bit that attracts us? The possibility of doing things beyond the normal behavior? Saving the world at the same time. Do you think inside of us all, there's that sort of innate thing that we want to save the world, or at least our bit of the world in which we live? I then remembered back to my teacher days. That's my background. I had to lead assemblies, both as a teacher and as a head teacher. And sometimes I chose the theme of heroes. I have to confess, <laughs> Superman wasn't one of them, <laughs> nor was Spider-Man. I tended to choose people like Elizabeth Fry, and if you've never heard of her, she was a great prison transformer in the early 19th century. And our prisons wouldn't be where they are now without people like Elizabeth Fry. Or Mother Teresa. And my name is Teresa, so she's definitely one of my heroes. She gave her whole life to helping the poor in India. Her whole life. So she definitely was a hero. And then I recalled a few years back, 
I ran a women's weekend away for this church, and one of the people I asked to be a speaker at that weekend was our first pastor's wife, Sandra. And she started her talk, and do you know, I can't remember the rest of what she said at all, but this has always stuck with me. She started her talk by saying, my husband is my hero. John's sister sitting in the back smiling. (laughs) My husband is my hero, she said. And for those of you who don't know John, uh, John started this church. He has brought loads of people to come to know Jesus. He then started a charity through football called Lions Raw that still is impacting our world in lots of different countries. Brazil, Romania, all over the place. And he now helps to run a mission called Greater Europe Mission. So he is amazing. I agree with her. I then looked at a survey What do children think about heroes? Well, the top 50 included Lionel Messi, the footballer, Spider-Man, and I think this one was the best one, their mum. So there we are, in the top 50, their mum is their hero. The dictionary definition for a hero is A person who is admired or idolized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Okay, so I've done all that thinking. Who am I going to choose to talk about today? And in some sense, I don't think the Bible has heroes at all. Because actually they're just ordinary people with one thing in common. And that one thing in common was they were obedient to God. And because they were obedient to God, they did amazing things. So for me, the hero isn't all those people. The hero is God. Because God did the doing. It's always, always always God who does the doing. The people were just obedient to what he said. Anyway, I finally settled on someone, and her name is Deborah. So who was Deborah? Where can we find her story? Well, her story can be found in the book of Judges, and in a moment we're going to read a little bit of her story. She was a judge, a woman judge, over a thousand years ago, amazingly. And that was in Israel, the nation of Israel. Before they had kings, they had judges, and Deborah was one of them. So she was looked up to. She did some ruling, she made decisions, she told people what to do. The story of Israel through the book of Judges is a bit like being on a roller coaster, up, down, up, down, up, down, all over the place. Sometimes they're really close to God, then they go away from God. Then they're close to God, then they go to 
away from God. And each of the down bits, God sends somebody to help them refocus on him. And Deborah was one of those people. After a time of oppression, the people got absolutely desperate because they were being beaten by their enemies. Horrible things were happening to them. They called out to God and God sent somebody. Then, of course, a few years later, it all started again because they went away from God yet again. But let's read a bit together. So, it's going to come up on the screen. I'm going to stand to the side so I can read it with you. Thank you, James. Again, this is what I've just been saying, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord now that Ehud was dead. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in an unpronounceable place. Because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. Now Deborah, a prophet, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under a palm in the hill country. And the Israelites went to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak and said to him, The Lord of Israel commands you, go, take with you 10,000 men, lead them to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your your hands. Next screen, James, thank you. He said to her, if you go with me, I will go, but if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly I will go with you, said Deborah, but because of the course you are taking, the war will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak. They took 10,000 men and they went to that war. And then if you look further down, it says, Deborah said to Barak, go. This is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? The first thing I want you to notice is that God uses everybody. Everybody here... God can use. It doesn't matter who you are, what your background is. Deborah was a wife and a mother. God used her. God can use you, whoever you are. And in this story, Deborah wasn't the only person who was used. God also used Barak, who was the commander of the army. God also used in this story another woman called Jael, but we're not going to get to that bit. You can read it for yourself, and it's, oh, a fun time. She does something really nasty. You can read that bit for yourself. But all three of those people in this story are different. And in a sense, they're heroes because they were obedient to God. They did not what they thought, but what God told them to do. Each of them had a different role, but it was God's role 
and God's timing. Each of us have a different role in God's kingdom. And sometimes ask, God asks us to do something at a particular time, and then he doesn't ask us to do something for ages. But it's God's timing and God's role. In many ways, the situation they found themselves in was frightening. They were going to war. They were going to war. Well, I've never been to war, but I think it must be incredibly frightening. I can't even contemplate what it might be like. But they were in fear of their lives, and we probably would be too. But the second thing I want you to think about is they didn't go it alone. They didn't go it alone. God was with them all the way. And God is with us all the way. Whatever our circumstances are like, and sometimes our circumstances are pretty awful, but we are never, ever on our own. God promised he would be with us. But we have to remember it's about God. We can do nothing on our own. It's always him not us. Whenever I pray for people, I always ask God, what is it you want to say to this person? Because it's not about what I want to say to them. It's about what God wants to say. And God wants to speak into their lives. And God spoke into Deborah's life. He told her what to do and what to say to Barak and then what to do in the war. In verse 6, she says to Barak, the army commander, the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. She doesn't say, I want you to go and find 10,000 men and go to war. She says, the Lord, the God of Israel. She shows humility. And I think that's one of the things I like about her and why I think she's a bit of a hero. It's not about her even though she's a judge, it's about humility. It's about God. She knows that it's God doing this, not her. So even though she's in a position of leadership in her country, she knows who's really in charge, and it isn't her. She all the time points back to God, back to God, back to God. She knows it's him. For her, it was God's way or no way. She put aside her personal agenda. She listened to God's direction and she stated who was really running this and it wasn't her. The other thing I like her about her is that she was courageous and wise. She didn't blanch from saying, yes, I will go with you to the war. She took action. Okay. She heard God, she was obedient, she told Barak what to do, but then she went with him. She took action. But then when they get there, she doesn't say, follow me, do it my way. How many leaders do you know? And I'm just thinking about our current situation in our country, who say, it's, this is my way, do it my way. But actually don't take people with them. Deborah takes people with her. 
she took Barak with her. She took those 10,000 men. When it got there, she actually didn't do any of the fighting. She knew that was Barak's job. It wasn't hers. She knew what her job was. She let Barak take all the reward for that action and going to war. And in fact, in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, when it lists heroes of the Bible, it lists Barak. It doesn't list Deborah. And I think that's an amazing showing of her as a leader, that she lifted up those below her to do the work, and they shone, not her. In this story, you might have noticed that against them with the enemy, with Sisera, was 900 chariots fitted with iron. Bit daunting, I think, 900 chariots facing them. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why he asked Deborah to go with him. Maybe not completely from fear, but also from the fact that she knew God's will. Some of you might be thinking, sitting there thinking, typical. A woman has to do a man's job. She had to do it. She had to go. He said, I'm not going unless you come with me. And you could read that as a typical, the woman has to do it. That always happens, doesn't it? But actually, I don't think this is about gender at all. This is about roles and people doing their own roles and giving glory to God. The whole point is missed if you think of it as a gender issue. And it shows that whatever our foibles, whatever our difficulties, God uses us. God loved Barak and Deborah exactly the same. In his eyes, they weren't any different. Both of them had weaknesses, both of them had strengths, And he used those. The point here is Deborah listened to God. She obeyed what she heard. She encouraged others to do their part. And above all, she was humble and brought the focus back to God. It's about him. It's not about us. And I can't say that strongly enough. Sometimes I feel our world, and maybe it's just because I'm getting old, is full of me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. It's all about me. Look at me. What do I look like? What do people think about me? What am I going to wear? What will people think about what I'm going to wear? Me, me, me. The world revolves around me. Deborah knew it wasn't about her. It was about God, and it was about encouraging others. So, what can we learn from today's story? Deborah, a hero? Maybe. What is significant that unlike the Marvel superheroes, the focus isn't on her or even winning the battle. The focus is being obedient to God. We all have battles to face. Every single day of our lives, we have battles to face. Barak and Deborah were facing 900 chariots of iron. I don't know what your chariot is. 
I don't know if you're facing 100 chariots or 900 chariots today, but however big or daunting they look in front of you, your circumstances, God is with you. He was with Deborah and Barak. He is with you. Maybe you're a single mum. Maybe you have awful living conditions. Maybe you have stress at work. Maybe you feel you don't have any real friends. Maybe you don't know what God wants for your life. Maybe you have difficulties with money. Those 900 chariots may loom large in your life, but be encouraged by by Deborah. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Talk with him daily. Learn to hear his voice. Be obedient. Remember, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. And he has promised never to leave us or forsake us. Make it God's way or no way.